Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman. Welcome to the Shaman's Cave. And there's nothing like starting out with a good laugh. I'm Renee Barabo. Uh, welcome to the Shaman's Caves. Sandra and I were having our, we always have this pre-conversation before we hit the record button. And as she was talking, I'm there. Well, that would make a really awesome subject for today's uh, talk about how one teacher can teach 10 different students, 10 different uh, systems, and they'll all get you to the same mountaintop. So what do you think, Sandra? I think that's a perfect top. Yeah, you know, it, it's really interesting today being a teacher out there because, you know, I know Renee and I both get students who studied with other people and, and they go, no, you're doing it wrong. My teacher said this is how you do it. So Renee and I were just talking about how a lot of the old shamans who aren't around anymore actually worked individually with their apprentices. And so I'll give you an example. This is what Renee and I were talking about. Back in the 1980s, when I got into shamanism and I got into the tarot, um, I also uh, was interested in shamanism from the Weechul tradition. And at my school where I was going, um, Premdas, who has an Indian name, but um, he got that um, special circumstances in India. And he studied with uh, Don Jose Masura down in Mexico. He was an apprentice. At the same time, Brant Secunda, who is still a well-known teacher of the Huichol tradition, he studied with Don Jose Masura down in Mexico. Premdas was an extreme introvert extreme introvert you know he was one of those guys who had extreme social anxiety and Brandt you know if if he could get the audience of the whole world he, you know he 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 loves he's a real extrovert he loves that connection that jolly very jolly connection with people so, you know, here I am studying with Premdas and my best friends in um, San Francisco at the time studying with Brant Secunda. So we had learned how to make prayer arrows where you take um, a stick and you wrap different color yarn and you leave it um, in nature with your wishes far away from people with chocolate, which I, I do not recommend because animals will die eating the chocolate that we make um, these days. And you leave it with chocolate and other offerings and you wait for the creator to make your wish so. So Stephen and Terry and I, we hike up to this beautiful area and we start to make our prayer arrows and Steve starts yelling at me, you're starting with the wrong color. And I go, but Premdas didn't teach us about a color. And then, and then, you know, I make my prayer arrow and we're ready and we're going to hold space for each other and support each other and putting our greatest wishes out into the universe. 
And I put mine down in silence. And Steve and Terry go, what are you doing? And I said, well, Premta said, you never share your wish, ever. Never share your wish. You leave it. It's between you and the creator. But Brand taught them that the only way the creator will manifest your wish is to scream it as loud as you possibly can. Now, this is a dramatic story. It's a dramatic story, but I can't tell you how many students that Renee, myself, and other shamanic teachers um, are working with who studied with a teacher who had their own way. Their teacher taught them something for their personality. I watched Michael Harner completely go 360 degrees in his teachings when he started to see that some of his students were um, not understanding and not understanding the power of the teachings. And so um, some of my challenges is when I work with people from the foundation is being able to open up the doorway to a safer way to step into the mysteries where the door had been closed down by a teacher. And so we really have to be careful um, about dogma. <laughs> that is really crazy because yeah. it brought together like, well, first of all, I work with each of my, like my teaching trainer apprentices very differently. In every single coaching client that I have, I work with very differently. And until we started talking about this today, it never even occurred to me like how dogmatic some of these things could be. I, I know how the conversation started. I was talking about Elizabeth Jenkins, who who if a lot of people who know of the, uh, the Carol, the Inca traditions in Peru, well, uh, Elizabeth Jenkins, her teacher... And my teacher, I, I studied with Alberto, had two different teachers who had one teacher. And the story goes that this teacher gave them each half of the, the conversation. And then whatever, you know, brilliance that Alberto put onto it, because he's created a wonderful program that probably has nothing to do with the Carol lineage that he was taught, he got like, okay, you got the prayer arrows. So now you've added prayer arrows probably to some of your teachings along the way, because this is what we do. And the winds has given me teachings. And like, and, and when I was reading about the wind knots, you're supposed to tie your wind knots. So nobody can see you when you're tying your wind knots. For those of you who don't know what a wind knot is, it's a, it's a you tie your prayers into a, a, a string of um, rope. And then you untie it and give each prayer to the wind. The first one is a mild wind. The second one is a stronger wind. And the third one is when you need your, you know, your world to tip upside down in order to get really moving uh, towards a new goal. And, and so then even the biggest place where I learned this was when I was teaching students at the college. One chef taught them how to cut an onion a different way than I did. And I thought, no, 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 there's only one way to, to dice an onion. And I was like, this is, I've been dicing the onion the same way for 30 years. And all of a sudden, these kids are dicing it a different way. 
And then you just see how funny we are as human beings that our way is the only way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the issue is um, I have my mission has been um, since the 2000s started is to create um, mutually supportive, cooperative communities and to bring in the feminine principle of, of mutual support and cooperation. And I would say that out of everything I have done um, in my 40-year career, that is the place that I have failed and um, have been the most heavily challenged because we're still, we still, um, whether we like it or not, we're always talking about it's time to bring in the feminine and it's time to move out the masculine energies, but we are still in um, the masculine energy. Our egos are not our spirit. Our spirit would love to be free. Um, our egos are still in comparison, divide, judgment. This way is better than this way. This teacher is better than this teacher. This ceremony is more powerful than this ceremony. And the bottom line is if we could all actually sit here and emanate the power of the divine, we would not be having this conversation and we would not be living in the world that we're living in right now. We would live in a beautiful world right now. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we, we're, still, we're still hooked in to the masculine because the feminine asks us to drop down to a different place inside of ourselves. And we haven't found that path yet. Well, we're getting there. I, I'm feeling like there's this big split. But if we were there, then we wouldn't have this podcast. We wouldn't need to say, hey, hit the subscribe button. And we would, you know, because you wouldn't necessarily need us. But I want to I want to give a message for people who are just starting out as healers, because we have a lot of we have a lot of young people who are following us too, Sandra, which you know as well. And I'll never forget there in the four winds, they teach us illumination process, right? And, you know, I had my, like you, you've talked about, we've joked about this, where you got your notes and you're going to do it step one, step two, step three, step four. And there's nothing wrong with like cutting an onion, you know, the prescribed way that the chef taught you. But I'll never forget, I had, I was, I was, my job, my work was to practice between, between classes. And I had somebody over on the floor and literally they sat up and told me I was doing it wrong. <laughs> Well, go mind your own healing. I mean, get up off my floor and, you know, and we still, I mean, this person will wind up the room with crystals that you can feel three blocks away. One time when Florida Mayo was here, she said, could you call her up and tell her to stop winding up those crystals? Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and I just kind of show up. The wind brings me in, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be more mindful of my ceremonies. Cassandra pointed out I can be a little windy and I come in like rushed. Then <laughs> <laughs> I realize well, I'm kind of windy that way. And that's, and, you know, I think for me, it's the opposite. There's a lot of people build up to that ceremony. And I do the fire ceremony over the, um, you know, the, the solstice to bring me down. 
because I can wind myself up enough for the year and then I need it to like to, oh, by the first, when I give the closing, I'm like right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the sad thing is, is I think a lot of the practitioners I train really dislike me because um, their clients come in uh, for so retrievals and they'll actually take out my book and they'll say, but Sandra does it like this. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> this is how she, so they treat it like a Bible and they compare it. And I try to explain to them in my workshops that my clients do the same thing to me. I will never forget, ever forget. I mean, we're going back 20 years and I won't forget this. A client sitting next for me and saying, but on page 78 of your book, you said. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate it. I've, I've had amazing client sessions and my healing practice has been something I'm the most proud of, of the people who I've been able to help and the kinds of people and the suffering and what they sacrifice to work with me. And I'm not talking financial and um, how hard they worked. It's, it's what I'm the most proud of, but you know, we have to tell these funny stories and, and we also have to tell um, these stories because What's happening, and we've talked about this before, is shamanic practitioners are becoming like a factory. And there's a danger, there's a shadow side in that, because shamans are a vessel of their helping spirits. They're only a vessel of their helping spirits. They never make a decision. They don't make a decision that the green yarn goes on first on your prayer stick or... Um, what Sandra Ingerman said on page 78. They don't know what Sandra Ingerman said on page 78. They see the client from the divine realms. And from the divine realms, they're telling you what to do to heal the client. And we're referring back to other teachers. Um, that's the point of this. The point of this is shamanism is direct revelation and a spirit-driven system. And teachers are wonderful. Renee and I love to teach. But what all we can do is open the door so that you have your unique relationship with your helping spirits. Absolutely. I always say Spirit does not need a shaman to do the healing or any other person for that matter. I mean, you hear about people who have a, 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 a spontaneous awakening. Nobody's there in the room with them. No one. I mean, I think sometimes it's a shaman that, you know, the clear, clearer I can be have as a vessel that I'm a better witness. You know, that I'm a more clear mirror for you to look in at yourself and say, oh, you know, or shine that light. Uh, um, it's it's really um, an interesting perspective. And, you know, like I don't see energy like a lot of people see energy. And one time we had this group circle at my old healing center and and I was, you know, we all were going around doing our illumination or whatever we were practicing. And and this one guy said, oh, my God, you should see the you should see the energy that comes out of your hands. 
And I'm there like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't see that. And and so, but I do see people's lives change. I, I got a really great email from a couple who are now married with a couple of years with a baby who loves his wind whistle. To me, that's where the proof is, is like, you know, where you go from like serial one night stands to married with a family with a child who loves their wind whistle. That's the healing. Right. You know, that's the gift of this. This. So if you think you're not doing it right, then that's the attitude you need to work on is what is my special gift? You know, what, what is my special message here? And and if it feels different than what the teacher told you, I go with what the spirit told me. Yeah, I'm always saying, I mean, my big critique of social media right now is and I'm sorry, I'm repeating this again too. I, I think, I think, I think, and shamanism is a spirit-driven path. And um, I, I've done phenomenal healings on people that nobody have ever heard of these ceremonies. Nobody. They were specific for that person. And and I get performance anxiety still, 40 years of seeing clients, I still get for uh, performance anxiety. But the second that rattle, I whistle and start to sing my song, I literally step away. I'm gone. There's a, another force that comes through, and that's what heals. And we could be seeing a lot stronger results on the planet right now if we went back and trusted spirit because they really are divine beings who live in a, another realm. Yeah, I move out of the way too. When I do my soul card readings for people, people will call me up. You said that I was going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I, I don't remember because I usually... Uh, I step out of the way. And I think that that was one of the reasons I first took to the healing work, Sandra, was because I really liked how it made me come present in my own self and then step out of the way. And like, oh, I became the witness of what was going on. And and I was like, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was really, that was really cool. Huh. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and I always tell my students in every class, if you are ever tired after you do a shamanic healing, then you did it wrong. Um, we talk about there is no right or wrong, but there are a couple of things you can do wrong. And one of them is using your own life force, um, because you really are just a vessel for the spirit. So when I do a healing for somebody, I have to be careful how late I do it. If I do it after a certain uh, time, I'm going to be up vacuuming all night long, literally. <laughs> um, I have so much energy. I mean, I just have so much energy. And that's how you should feel after a shamanic healing. Um, the shaman gets healed as the client gets healed because you're bringing through that universal energy through your body. And if you got tired, it means you're focusing on your notes, you're focusing on everything but bringing through that universal power. 
Absolutely. We'd love to hear what you have to say about what you've learned and unlearned. Uh, you know, I was one time I was going to do this uh, weekend workshop with uh, Brooke Medicine Eagle and a few other people. It's called Undoing. It was about undoing everything that everyone had taught you. And, you know, like, okay, if we undo it all, then where am I? So if you undid what you've been learning, what is it that you bring that's uniquely yours to the practice? I think that would be a good thing to ask and answer. I, I love how people have been, they've been commenting. Have you over at YouTube, people are commenting. We still get the, the messages. I'm going to, this was the one we got this week. I'm going to email Sandra too, to see which one of you have time to interpret this for me. And I'm there like, you could, and I wrote back, you know, Sandra's going to say the same thing. Go ask your spirits. You know, so if you're asking us, we're going to push you back, put the mirror up, go ask your own spirits. Our spirits, our spirits are telling you to go ask your own spirits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and um, another thing that's happening, and I really, really appreciate this. I just want to let you know where we're at is many of you are not on Facebook but you want to share how you felt about the episode um, or you want to share if we let an experience, you want to share it with someone. So you're sharing it with us and um, uh, Facebook is for having the conversations going back and forth within the, the community. So um, I read them, but you'll get a rose or a heart back just like I would like it on a Facebook post. So just know that it was definitely read just like the Facebook post. And I'm letting you know, I love your comment. <laughs> That's really, I love when I get a rose from Sandra. It makes my day. Um, <laughs> so well, I just want to mention to someone uh, some, about the fire tenders gathering coming up. It starts on uh, December 20th, and this year it's all about the fire tenders. We're going to be playing repeat. We're going to be repeats, uh, pre-recorded messages from years for the last 11 years. But the wind told me that this is going to be somewhat of a dark December and that the more people who would light a light and hold that light for 10, 11, 12, 14 days, we're going to do it for 11 days. Um it's going to be a way of shining your light out into the world. And we need that now. It's a really tricky time we're in. And usually it's been about the presenters, but this year it's all about the fire tenders. And you can come over to the IM Symposium and get all the information you need there. You don't have to be on Facebook. You can hold the light from wherever you want. Yeah, that's that's such a beautiful event that Renee's putting on to be able to hold the fire um, or to hold the light in any way that you can during challenging times. I know I wouldn't be here if I didn't have people hold the light for me during challenging times, not try to help me, not try to save me, just hold the light. And that's what's kept me moving forward was knowing who was holding the light. So join Renee and the fire tenders and hold the light for um, the challenges that we're in right now. Well, thank you. And um, again, you know, all of our places, shamanstv.com, the shaman's cave, uh, 
and we, we, we have so much fun bringing this to you. So stay with us. 